thank you so much for taking time to listen and or watch the Luke Bruger podcast. Uh, if you could take a minute to like, subscribe, share, whatever the case may be, if this content is helpful, enjoyable to you, uh, could be helpful to somebody else. Today we're going to take a few minutes and talk about fasting. Um, I don't know when you're listening to this, but right now our church is about halfway through 21 days of fasting and prayer. I know a lot of churches start the year uh, taking that time to fast and pray, and maybe your church does, but even if it's not uh, during a time of corporate fasting and prayer, fasting is a discipline that we should practice not just once a year, but it should be a consistent discipline that we practice. And I, I want to talk about three benefits of fasting and prayer. You know, in Ephesians chapter 3, the Bible talks about the, the wisdom of God and how God wants that wisdom to be on display in the church, in our lives, in my life, in your life. He, he wants that, that wisdom uh, manifest in our lives. And as he's talking about the wisdom of God, it refers to the wisdom of God as the manifold wisdom of God. And that, that word literally means many-sided, that God's wisdom is many-sided. There's lots of different layers, lots of aspects, different different layers of depth in the wisdom of God. And the way that I think about it is if you've ever played board games and you know you, you roll the dice, typically the dice are little cubes. Your, your options are basically one through six. It's got six sides to it. But then there's other games that the dice are kind of crazy. Uh, they've got lots and lots of different sides. There's a game that my family likes to play called Scategories. The, the dice in that game has the entire alphabet on it. So it's got 26 sides. It's this crazy looking, it's a crazy looking dice. And so that's kind of what I picture when I think of the, the manifold wisdom of God or the many-sided wisdom of God, that there's lots of different aspects, different parts of the wisdom of God. And so when we have the instructions of God from his word, his instruction isn't separated from his wisdom. His instructions into our lives, it's actually an extension of his wisdom into our life. That God is offering offering us his wisdom in his instruction. So when somebody walks in obedience to the word of God or the instruction of God, they're simultaneously walking in the wisdom of God because that's what his instructions are. His instruction is an extension of his wisdom into our life. So if I take God's instruction and apply it, I'm actually just receiving the wisdom of God and choosing and choosing to walk in it. And because his instruction and wisdom are one and the same, then it's, it's the manifold, it's the many-sided wisdom of God that I'm benefiting from when I obey. So the benefits of obedience, it's not a one-to-one ratio, that the, the benefits are many-sided. There's lots of different parts. So just as an example, the Bible says that children should obey their parents. So when a child decides to obey that, there's not just one benefit, it's one instruction but it's not just one. It's not just one benefit. So we, we could talk, and begin to list the benefits of when a child decides to obey the instruction of God by obeying their parents. So one benefit is that they're going to they're going to gain wisdom from their parents. They're going to learn from their parents' experience and not have to make the same mistakes that their parents made. It's going to create peace in the household. That's a benefit that the house isn't filled with rebellion and strife and turmoil and, and arguing. 
it's going to bless the relationship between parent and child. That obedience is one of the ways that a child can communicate to the parents that they love them, that they trust them, that they honor them. Uh, obeying your parents is a testing ground or a proving ground for obeying God later on in, in life. And so we can start to, to list obeying that one instruction from the Word of God doesn't just have one benefit. It's the manifold, many-sided, lots of layers, lots of aspects and parts, wisdom of God that we receive in His instruction. So I, I said that to say we're, we're going to talk about three benefits of fasting, but it, we won't scratch the surface. There are, it's manifold, many-sided, lots of different benefits to fasting. I'm just going to talk about three of them, and I want to start in Galatians chapter 5, reading verses 16 and 17 says this, I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. So it lets us know that you've got two different natures. You've got, if you're a Christian, you've got a a regenerated spirit. You're alive spiritually, you've got a spiritual nature but you also have your old fleshly nature. And it tells us if I walk according to one, then I won't be doing what the other one desires me to do. If I walk in the spirit, I won't be gratifying the flesh. So we have two natures. And then it tells us something else in verse 17. It says that these not only do you have two natures, but these natures are always in conflict with one another that they desire different things. Your spirit wants things, it's the opposite of what your flesh wants. And your flesh wants things, that's the opposite of what your spirit wants. So once we understand that, there's other things that we can gain insight on. And one of them, the first one I wanna say is a benefit of fasting, is you can learn to identify the voice of the flesh while, while you are fasting. It's important to know the voice of the flesh because you've probably heard people say this, maybe you've said it yourself, that people say things like, man, I felt like I was supposed to do something. I had a leading, I had a prompting, I had this uh, desire, but you know, I wasn't sure if that was the Lord. I don't know if that was my spirit man, but I don't know if it was the Holy Spirit. I don't know if it was just me. I don't know if that was my flesh. It, if you have a leading, but you don't know where that leading is coming from, then it's really not a beneficial leading. And so people say, I felt like I was supposed to, but I didn't know where that was coming from, so I didn't, I didn't do anything. Well, if you can learn to identify the voice of the flesh, what that sounds like, what that feels like, then you can know that's the opposite of what the Spirit wants to do. They're, they're never going to agree with one another. And so it's important to identify that. Fasting helps us to identify the voice of the flesh. The voice of the flesh always wants what is easy, what is convenient, uh, what is nice, instant gratification, and the voice of the flesh, it, it is sensual. And by sensual, I mean it goes by senses. So it wants what feels good, it wants what tastes good, it wants what smells good, uh, what sounds good. It wants to look at things that, that are nice to look at or good to look at, just pleasure in, in the moment. And fasting helps to almost exaggerate the voice of the flesh because the, you're, you're not eating, and uh, the, the flesh's voice is going to become very loud and prominent and obvious. So if you've committed to seek the Lord in fasting and prayer for 21 days, whether you're doing a complete fast or six to six, uh, if it's a time of corporate fasting like that, 
or just in your own life throughout the year, you're going to fast a day, three days, five days. You make that commitment. And then that voice that tells you to stop fasting, fasting's stupid. We should stop this. I don't know. What, what's the point of this anyway? I'm just going to go ahead and eat a sandwich. I'm just going to go ahead and uh, order a pizza. Uh, the voice that's wanting you to do that, you know that that's not the voice of the Holy Spirit that was you, you made a commitment to seek the Lord, and now uh, another prompting and leading is telling you, you know what, I should just forget this whole thing. I've probably fasted long enough anyway. And it becomes, it becomes exaggerated, and so you can identify it while, even when you're not fasting, you don't want to listen to the voice of the, the flesh. You, don't, you want to walk in the Spirit. This passage we read from Galatians 5 isn't even talking about fasting. It's talking about life in general. Walk in the Spirit, and you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. But fasting gives us an opportunity to turn up the volume of the voice of the flesh, and you can learn what it sounds like. So when it goes back down and it's more subtle, you're familiar with it, and you can identify it with it. A really great illustration that was helpful to me um, is, was from someone I know who is an ear doctor. And he said that when they are testing people's hearing, one of the things they'll do is they'll, they'll play very low frequencies that are subtle. They're sometimes hard to distinguish. And sometimes they'll, they'll play that frequency and the person will say, I, I can't hear it. And to make sure that they're, they can't hear it, what they'll do is they will turn up the volume on that frequency and get it to a level where the person will say, oh, okay, yeah I, yeah, I hear that. And once they know what it is exactly they're listening for, then they'll reduce that volume back to where it was before when they said they couldn't hear it. But now they know what they're listening for. They'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, I can hear, I can hear that tone. Well, it's the same thing that happens with your flesh. Sometimes people don't know the voice of the flesh. They can't distinguish it. But fasting turns up the volume, and you can learn to identify, okay, I know my fleshly nature, what the way that it speaks to me, the way that it tries to prompt me, the way that it tries to lead me. And then when you're not fasting and it's a little more subtle, you've already learned to tune in. So that's, that's one of the benefits of fasting. The next one I want to talk about is that fasting weakens the voice or weakens the influence weakens the the pool that the flesh has on us as we make decisions and as we we walk through life uh, this is a, a classic illustration um, so you may have heard it before but it's something that's actually kind of happening at my house right now and it's a good illustration so i'll use it uh, at my house we have a pet a dog named ralph he's an english bulldog um, he's just a very easygoing low-key dog just kind of lays around he's never caused any problems just very compliant dog and so I thought oh it's our first time having an English Bulldog I thought that's just how all English Bulldogs are and so he's a few years old we decided to get get another one and so we got a puppy fairly recently and this this dog is nothing like Ralph it's obnoxious it's got a lot of energy it gets into things it's annoying and it seems to be almost, almost mean-spirited. It'll like pick on Ralph. It'll attack him, just kind of be, be mean to him. And the other day, I, I noticed Ralph wasn't acting like himself, just kind of moping around. And I mentioned to my wife, I said, hey, I, I feel like something's wrong with Ralph. Something's going on with him. And she said, you know what I think's happening? I don't think Mabel, that's the name of our other dog, I don't think Mabel is letting him get any food. When we feed the dogs, I think Mabel's like keeping him away until she eats all, all of the food and he's not getting any and I think that's why he's acting like this. Well, if we let that continue, 
If we just let one dog continue to eat and be nourished and the other one just to grow weaker and weaker, then when they have conflict, it's very obvious which one is going to be victorious in those times of, of conflict. If you're, if you're starving and weakening one week after week, month after month, year after year, one's just going to get, grow weaker and weaker. The strong one is going to win. So it's very, very obvious. But sometimes we don't grasp that when it comes to this battle that we read about in Galatians chapter 5. Your spirit and your flesh are always in contrast, always uh, fighting one another. And the one that's stronger is going is going to win. So fasting is a time where you are constantly telling your flesh no. And so what happens in some people's life is they, they never tell their flesh no, and their flesh begins to dominate in their life. That you have, it, every, there's always conflict. If you are a born-again believer, there's always conflict between your flesh and your spirit. That's what this passage, passage tells us. But some people aren't even aware of the conflict because the fight that their spirit man is putting up is so minimal compared to how strong and dominant their flesh has become that he doesn't, your spirit man doesn't put up much of a fight. But you can, you can weaken your flesh and strengthen your spirit man so that the opposite is true, that your spirit man is dominating. You're doing what the Lord wants you to do. You're walking in the spirit so you are not gratifying, just like this passage says, not gratifying the flesh because the flesh is, doesn't stand a chance against how strong your spirit man has become. And fasting helps us to create that dynamic between our, our spirit and our flesh. In Matthew chapter 26, Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. He is about to be betrayed by, by Judas. He's about to go and die on the cross. So this is like a, an intense moment. And he asks three of his closest disciples to come and to pray with him. And I want to read starting in verse 40, Matthew chapter 26. It says, Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me? one hour. Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So Jesus Jesus says to Peter and the other guys that were asleep, you couldn't, you couldn't stay and pray with me for one hour? And then he identifies what kept them from doing what would have been most pleasing to him. He said that their spirit was willing, that their, their spirit wanted to pray with Jesus. Their spirit didn't want to disappoint him. Their spirit didn't want to leave Jesus on his own. Their spirit wanted, just like your spirit, the spirit is willing. Your spirit wants to study the word of God. Your spirit wants to spend time in prayer. Your spirit wants to worship the Lord. Your spirit wants to to go to church. The problem, what keeps us from doing those kinds of things is that the flesh interferes. That it is a weakness for a man or a woman when their flesh is stronger than their spirit man. And so on Sunday mornings, your flesh doesn't want to get out of bed and go to church. Your spirit man does, but the one who is stronger is going to determine what decision what, what decision you make. And so fasting, you are constantly telling your flesh no over and over again. It puts you in a situation where you are repeatedly telling your flesh no, 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 you're not going to have pizza. No, you're not going to, you're not going to go out to eat. Nope, you're not going to have a bowl of soup. Over and over again, you're telling your, your flesh no. You do that all throughout, all throughout the fast. And anywhere in life, the more you say yes to something, the easier it is to say yes. The more you say no to something, the easier it is to say no. And so that happens 
really in every area. And the opposite is true. The more you say yes to something, the harder it is to say no. The more you say no to something, the, the harder it is to say yes. And we, we create these patterns in our lives by what we say yes to and what we say no to. And these patterns, when they're good, healthy patterns that people respect, we call them disciplines. When they're ones that aren't healthy and people kind of look down on, we, we call those habits that, man, I've got some habits that I need to break. Or somebody gets up and works out every morning, they've developed some really good, some good disciplines in their life. So just as an example, a, a discipline that you've got to build into your life that you say yes to it enough and it becomes hard hard to say no. Good example is brushing your teeth. When you are a kid, for a lot of kids, they don't want to brush their teeth. Their parents have to make them. Uh, they, they try to get out of it. Uh, they don't want to do it. It's a pain. The, the toothpaste is too spicy or whatever the reason is that they don't want to they don't want to brush their teeth and their parents have to say no before you go to bed you've got to brush your your teeth they got to threaten them tell them your teeth are going to turn green fall out whatever it is they have to say but over the years you say yes to brushing your teeth enough i've been saying yes to brushing my teeth for years and years and years where it used to be difficult and someone had to force me to do it i would try to get out of it now it i've said yes so many times it would be hard to say no I'm not trying to dodge brushing my teeth. When I go home tonight, before I go to bed, I'm not going to try to avoid it, try to make excuses for it. You would have a hard time talking me out of brushing my teeth because I've said yes to it so many times. So when you say yes to things or no to things, we create patterns. So while you are fasting, you are over and over and over again saying no to your flesh and you are creating a pattern. So when you're not fasting, man, you've already done it. So you are weakening the voice, the 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 influence of the flesh but it's a spirit fasting is a spiritual discipline that's why it's not just fasting it's fasting and prayer and why it's so important that you don't just skip meals but you're spending time in in word study time worshiping the lord time really seeking the lord and praying because if if you tell your spirit man no while you're telling your flesh no you're just weakening both of them you really haven't gained any ground. You've moved them both back in proportion to one another. So at the same time, I'm practicing, I'm developing a pattern of telling my flesh no. I'm also taking extra time to tell my spirit man yes. Yes, we're going to read the Bible. Yes, we're going to take time to pray. Yes, I'm going to take time to worship. And so that that difference between my spirit man and my flesh just grows exponentially as I take time to fast and pray. I'm strengthening my spirit. I'm building a pattern of, yes, the spirit is willing. The spirit wants to honor the Lord, but I'm, I'm weakening the voice of, of the flesh. And it is crucial in our lives that the flesh isn't able to dominate. I want to read to you from Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, starting verse 5, it says, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. So we've talked about from Galatians chapter 5, the flesh and the Spirit. But now he's bringing in a third element. He's talking about about the mind. Listen to the next verse. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's laws, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. So he brings in this third element of your your mind. You are three parts. You are a spirit being. You have a a body and you have a soul, your, your mind, your will, and emotions. And so fasting not only brings the flesh under the spirit, 
but you also need to bring your mind under the spirit. So he says the mind governed, dominated by the flesh. If the flesh is in control of your mind, the result is death. But the mind governed under the influence, the spirit is calling the shots. Then the result is life and peace. This is a benefit of fasting that you don't hear talked about a whole lot. Fasting doesn't just benefit um, and condition your flesh. It also conditions your mind. It helps bring the mind under under the influence of the spirit. So when you're fasting, obviously it's difficult on the flesh. And because it's difficult on the flesh, that is an opportunity to train or condition your flesh. But it's also hard. It's hard on your mind. And so it's an opportunity to condition your mind. When you're fasting, your mind wants to think about food. It wants to daydream about what you're going to eat when you're done. It wants the meal plan. It wants to look at recipes. It wants to order food and just stow it away for the future. It wants to think about what you could have eaten and you didn't eat and how, how could I have not eaten more back before I started fasting. And it will obsess on food. And so I, I talked about this just recently on a Sunday morning in our church. Not to spend your time fasting thinking about food. Don't let your mind focus on it as much as possible. You, you want to keep your mind on the Word of God, keep your mind on the Lord, fix your eyes on Jesus. We want that, that's the whole point of fasting. If you take time not to eat so that you can focus on the Lord, but during that whole time you're focusing on food, then you're missing the whole point. You might as well just go ahead and eat. And so because it's hard on our mind, your mind is going to push hard towards thinking about food. Then it becomes an opportunity to train the mind just like it's an opportunity to train the flesh. So you are a spirit being and you you have a flesh. You are not a flesh, you have flesh. It's a tool for you to use while you are while you are on earth. And you bring the flesh under the submission of the spirit same way with the mind. You aren't a mind, you you have a mind. When people allow their flesh to dominate their lives, just follow whatever desire. Eat this, do that, pursue pleasure. It, it destroys someone's life. We, we all know people that have gone that route and they're addicts or you know they, they've made choices just to satisfy the flesh that have derailed their lives. The same thing is true in our minds. If we allow our minds just, just to go wherever, think whatever, do whatever, then it's just as destructive. The problem is people think that they can't control their minds. They think, I can't help what I think about. You know, thoughts pop into my mind. I, I have no control over it. I can't stop thinking about this. I can't stop thinking about that. People even talk like that. Man, I can't stop thinking about fill in the blank. Well, that, that's the same kind of attitude or philosophy that people have that let their flesh dominate. I can't control my flesh. When, when I've got a desire, what am I supposed to do? I, I follow that desire. My flesh wants it. That's what I've got to go after. When, when I was a youth pastor, I was a part of a little Bible study with three older men. Two of them were, were in their 70s. And one of these men uh, started sharing with us one day just about how whenever his flesh has an urging, he just felt it necessary to satisfy it right away. Um, and started talking about vile stuff, stuff I'd be in, embarrassed to even mention in front of you. Um, he, he would just talk about very matter of fact you know when your flesh wants something you have to do whatever it wants you have to satisfy we were kind of taken back like no that, that's not the case and he, he argued his, his case he was 70 years old and he had just built a pattern that whenever his flesh wanted something and, and things didn't go well for him that scripture proved true that 
when the mind is controlled, governed by the flesh, the, the result is death and destruction. And you could see that in about every area of, of his life. You can control your mind and you should control your mind. You aren't a mind, you have a mind. Just like you have an arm, you have a leg, you aren't a leg, you aren't an arm, and you, you, you can control them. If I told you to move your arm, move your leg right now, you could do it and it would do what you wanted it to do. And if you really focused and disciplined, you could increase your control of that arm, leg, hand, whatever. You could practice and, and increase your control of that part that you have it's not you, you have it. Same thing is true with your mind. There are people that are professional athletes right now that can do things with their body that they couldn't do when they were five years old, but through training and discipline and over and over again practicing, they've gained such dominance, they've developed skills. People that are gifted musicians play the violin or some other instrument, they've trained themselves through practice over and over and over again that they've increased the dominance, increased the control they have of, of their members, of their hands or arms or what, whatever it happens to be. That when they're practicing, what, how, what did that practice look like? They would practice their scales or practice a piece of music. And when they messed up, they didn't just say, well, I guess I can't control, I guess I can't do this. They continued to discipline themselves over and over until they gained mastery. You know, I've got, I've got four kids. When we were potty training them, when they would uh, have an accident, we wouldn't just say, well, I guess, I guess uh, this one can't use the toilet. I guess this one's in diapers for life. No, we would just hey, go back and know this is, this is what we do, this is what we don't do, and you just keep going back. And that it's a process of training until they gain control. The same thing is true with your mind. Treat it just like any other thing that you have, that your, your hands or your arms or whatever comparison you want to make. You can, you can train it and gain dominion over your mind that it'll think about the things that it should think about. That the mind governed, dominated by the spirit, the result is life and life and peace. And fasting puts us in a situation where it is an ideal training ground because of the difficult difficulty in not thinking about food. Say, so, you know what? I'm thinking about the Word of God. I'm thinking about the thing I feel like God's speaking to me in this fast. I'm thinking about the ways of God. I'm just thinking about how good He is. My mind is on Him. The Bible says He'll keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed, stayed on Him. The Bible wouldn't tell us there's this incredible promise when it's something that's impossible to do. If it's talking about a blessing associated with keeping your mind stayed on something, it's not just a chance if your mind just happens to stay on the Lord. It's a discipline to do it. Fasting gives us the opportunity to bring our mind under the Spirit, to weaken the influence of the flesh, and to identify the voice of the flesh. Fasting is an instruction from the Word of God, a spiritual discipline, something that believers are instructed and expected to do and it's not it's not for punishment it's not just to go through a really hard time it's not god seeing what you're willing to do for him how much you're willing to suffer again it's the wisdom of the instruction of god is the wisdom of god being extended into our lives and it is manifold wisdom it's many layered many sided and the blessings of fasting uh, just like any other instruction, there's many parts of it. We've talked about three. Uh, I hope that you'll you'll see those blessings, those benefits manifest in your life. That's God's desire that His wisdom would be manifest in the church, in men and women of God. Uh, I want to pray with you, and then then we'll see you next time.
Father, I thank you for each person watching, listening. God, I pray that they would be people who discipline themselves, people who walk in obedience to your word. Father, I pray you'd give them grace to make choices that honor you, to apply your word to their lives. And Father, when it comes to the discipline of fasting, that they would be people that have fasting as a regular part of their life as they follow you, to help mold them and shape them into the men and women you've called them to be. Father, I pray that these three benefits would just be a few of the many they see realized in their life. God, they would easily learn to identify the voice of the flesh. God, the pool, the influence of the flesh would lessen and lessen as their spirit man grows stronger and their flesh grows weaker. And Lord, that their mind wouldn't be under the governance of their flesh, but under under the spirit. And Lord, the result would be life and peace. And I just speak blessing on each one of them now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for taking time to watch or listen, and we will see you next time.